This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. One spooky night only here at FBI Studios. The spooky FBI Studios. Shag, that's all you have to break my aversion to scary movies. I'm feeling a bit jaunty. I'm feeling a bit cocky. I'm feeling a bit confident. I'm here with my Resh's long neck. Cheers. Um, <laughs> We're not going to get sponsorship. Oh, I want Scott Resh. Why? Why wouldn't they? Why? Because why would... because your idea of sponsorship yes. is that you just shout out a brand in a thing. <laughs> Somehow they'll hear. Resh's what you is and give up? Money. What is up, Resh's? Peach. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> get at it. <laughs> get at it. Get at me. <laughs> <laughs> So, me and the old classic Greshers having a great time. Uh, and so, it's just led me to a reflective moment to think, oh, okay, all this was easy. I've just broken my duck and I've figured it all out now, so it's easy. And I just thought that it was worth me taking a moment to reflect back on why this became a topic of conversation between you mm-hmm. and I. Mm-hmm. And I reflected back to what I expect has a reputation as the spookiest horror movie of all time, the Daniel Radcliffe vehicle... <laughs> Lady in Black. Um, in our house, if Daniel Radcliffe's in a film, there's every chance we've seen it. Lady in Black is the horror film I've watched most recently. Can I ask, Peach, because, yes. you know, you're quite widely versed in, you know, film and literature and music. Mm. Um, as, you know, from an outsider who hasn't and seen... Long and this rush <laughs> As an outsider who hasn't seen all of Daniel Radcliffe's films, mm. what's his track record like? Well, for an eight-film stretch, he made a lot of money. Box office. <laughs> he, smashed, he smashed it. <laughs> he had a golden run. He just seemed to be able to pick him. Yeah, man. He was just on it again and again and again. Um, you, you know, and he had his actors he liked, and he, you know, he just sort of got the gang back together and smashed another one out of the park. Mm, mm. Um don't really remember. Um, he's the most endearing actor ever, though. I think you'd agree. Well, I mean, Adele started watching uh, the original Harry Potter movies to help to help us go to sleep over the last couple of months. And one of the things I did notice is watching those films because you know they were hired when they were very young. Their acting in the first ones are is it just atrocious? It's so bad. It's unwatchable. It's it is complete it's, garbage. It is. But then as they go up, it's like how did they? pick kids who would learn to be great actors because surely it's not in every kid oh man we've been watching a lot of daniel radcliffe extras recently and he talks about this he talks about learning the craft of acting he talks about how he never wanted to be an actor and so that allowed him the space to fall in love with acting man i could like i impute upon alice the sole fandom of daniel radcliffe in our house but no way man daniel radcliffe 
cool guy. Look out for our next podcast. Fussy Rad- Radcliffe. Radcliffe. <laughs> Fussy Radcliffe. <laughs> we only watched the Harry Potter ones. And we only watched good Harry Potter movies. I think it's it's a solid premise for a thing. Anyway, anyway, look, I digress. Trivia um, question. Go on. Daniel you- Radcliffe's favourite Harry Potter movie? Ooh. Do you know this for real? Yeah, I do. You know this for real? Yeah. Give me like, because I'll uh, otherwise. Um, um, it, give me a is, hint. It is not to do with the content of the film. Okay. It is to do with um, the social relationship he was able to indulge the most. Ah, maybe the fourth one where there are all those kids from other schools, because there's some cool people in that. No, good guess. Um, he and Gary Oldman are like best mates, and in Order of the Phoenix, the fifth film, he got to spend the most time with Gary Oldman. See, so. what's crazy about that is he's allowed to be really good friends with Gary Oldman, mm. who's an old man. Yes. But, like, they're allowed to aptly be friends. named. He's a <laughs> well-named, an aptly named guy. <laughs> so they're allowed to be friends. Mm. Drake and the girl from Stranger Things are friends, and everyone's like, that's weird. I didn't know they were friends. They're Why friends. They? They're friends. Apparently, like, they, like, he gives her, like, dating advice. I was like an only. It's, it's, it's really upsetting. I think it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I find that upsetting. Okay, I Man. anyway look. We have digressed in multiple ways. Like so, no. we were talking. Oh, about, yes. We were talking about. <laughs> I know we could talk about this or not. Uh, we were talking about mm. uh, Daniel Radcliffe and a film Spooko's we saw the him podcast. in. Spooko it's a, is the it's like a, It's about my aversions to, <laughs> <laughs> to films. <laughs> All right, so we're doing this podcast it's called Spooko. You were talking about Daniel Radcliffe. Mm. Elaborate. I thought I'd cracked this aversion mm-hmm. earlier in this one spooky night in FBI. Yeah. And I thought, well, hang on, Poich. But well done. Enjoy your reshes. But let's just take a moment to reflect on where this all came from. Led me back to thinking of Lady in Black. And I was like, well, um, sometimes I jog early in the morning, although I do that less nowadays due to laziness. Um, sometimes I'm around the house fairly late at night. Sometimes I'm at places alone at night time in the dark and just occasionally I just catch a little glimpse of the old lady in black out of the corner of the eye. So there's still just a whisper of <laughs> horror, horror movie fear. Jeez. Like, oh, was that, was that the lady in black just there? Because um, my real greatest genuine fear of the dark is stubbing my toe or walking into something and knocking it over or waking a child. They're my two greatest fears of the dark. But the lady in black, number three... <laughs> Because uh, she might just come and get me. And so... So, Peach, well, look, I, I want to cut you off there because uh, the story is going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was desperate. <laughs> I, I should have oh, done that earlier. I'm yeah. so sorry. I was like, I was like Where's, he's going somewhere good. Give him time. This is Give going me enough good. rope. <laughs> and then when the stubbing happened, I was like, what's going on? Anyway, look, so I've got a bit of a theory. Tell me. So we're into our fourth episode now. Mm. And... You know, what I said at the start, I don't really believe you. I still kind of don't to a degree. I think part of this is very performative, which is fun because everyone's aversions are slightly performative, as we've discovered oh, in Fossieta to a degree. Um, but I also think at some point in your life, you decided that's it. Scary movies are a thing not for me. Mm, and, I did decide that. And Ben Chilliberti's house. 
Child's Play. So, can I, I, and I want to talk about this. I want yeah. to talk about this very quickly because Child's Play is another one of those films that seemed very scary at the time. But if you watch it now with like a 2019 lens on, you realize it's number one, very hokey, but number two, similar to Freddy Krueger in the way that Chucky tells lots of jokes, but he also has this voice as well. You think like Chucky would be scary as hell if he was like, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Yeah, he's like, bah, I'm he's gonna like, yeah, kill I'm you, I've got this voice like this. And it's like, it's actually not super scary. And I think what's happened over the past uh, couple of episodes is I've told you about Saw, I've told you about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, man, love that. I talk about them all day. A couple about hokey films, and we've forgotten about the real core of what Spooko is, which is finding films that are going to scare and disturb you. So I've gone back to your list, and I found a film. I can't believe Suspiria. (laughs) I can't believe we're doing Suspiria. We're not going to do Suspiria. We will do Suspiria later on. Oh, shit. There are some funny moments. Are there like razor blades and people getting sliced and stuff? That's upsetting. There's a dance routine that's hilariously upsetting that you wouldn't think is upsetting but is very upsetting in the context of the film but uh no i've gone back to your list of films that you're interested in knowing about Mm. and i found one that i think to me this day even when i think about it gives me one of those like horrible feelings where you know when you you know when you realize that there's nothing in the universe and nothing makes sense and we're all empty and yeah, you have that. this is why I don't watch horror movies for <laughs> so, Christ's sake. So, it's that profound dread yeah. of like, oh, yeah. So this, this film will do that to you. It's called It Follows. Ugh. I've just shown Peach the trailer for It Follows. I got to say, Peach. Yep. I feel like you're ready for a movie as scary as this, I'm uh, I'm feeling cocky. <laughs> right, it follows. I even saw it, and I've stalked horror movies from a distance enough to be like, uh huh. The horror movie trope is if you have sex, you die. Mm, that is that is a very common trope, tro- and, and this- it's it's a trope they've tried to flip over the years, but yeah. But I like this is just literally it, it would appear to me mm. based on my pop culture knowledge and watching that preview of like, oh right, these people have had sex. Therefore, QED, you're gonna die. And you know, we're having one spooky night here in the FBI studio. Mm. I got my mate Reshes here to help me through. Reshes, what's up? Get at me. But. So spooky that Brad is in the corner editing some like <laughs> pro tool stuff. Super it's just it's so it spooky. couldn't be scarier. It's like nine pm. <laughs> it's nine pm. The lights are on. Yeah. Uh, the bridge is happening. There's an interview and a live performance yeah. in the next studio. It's pretty spooky. It is a it's scary night. That's yeah. the point I'm coming mm. to. But the other trope is the final girl trope. Yeah. And the final girl, I say, just to flip the trope, need not be a girl. It could be the final co-host of Spooko. Mm. And I'm feeling just a little bit cocky. I'm feeling like final girl style. I might have landed one or two preliminary punches in the first interchange with the big scary bad guy being horror movies generally. And I feel like I might be ready to final girl it up, to Sigourney Weaver it up with the scary movie being It Follows. I'm pretty spooked. But I'm feeling a bit final girlish. Shane, yeah. what do you reckon? Well, you know what's really funny? Uh, as soon as you started talking and talked about the idea of this being like, you know, 
exhibiting tropes of horror movies. Hmm. I stopped listening to everything you said <laughs> because I went into my brain and was like, how cool would this be if this was some crazy high concept podcast where halfway through this episode, one of us dies and it's like, who did it? And it turns out to be Paymond's. <laughs> Paymond's a beer. Paymon. And he's tied you to a bath and he's been like, now, Peach, <laughs> I'm going to possess you unless you yeah, use go this to gun. Sleep. <laughs> have sex in your sleep <laughs> so that Paymon <laughs> can build a miniature All right. where you cut off your miniature foot. Okay, Peach, are you ready for It Follows? Man, what the fuck is up? Okay, it so It Follows was made in uh, 2014 where money roughly had the same value as it does now. Um, arguable. Arguable. Look, a little bit. It was made for $2 million, which is nothing. And Arguable. it made $23 million, which is awesome. I like. I love how much you don't care about this fact, but I find it interesting about this I find this it film. arguable. <laughs> All right. Okay. So it follows. Begins with Oakland University student Jay, who goes on a date with her new boyfriend, Hugh. At the movies, Hugh points out a girl that Jay can't see, but afraid anyway, he asks that they leave. So that's the start of the film. Okay. All right. I'm <clears> feeling it. On another date, Hugh and Jay have sex in his car. Now, again, Wikipedia, it's like there would have been build-up. It wouldn't have been just like Hugh and Jay have sex in the car, but that's what happens. Would it have been a bit scary and a bit tense and a bit weird? Yeah. Or would it have been just saucy? It would, no, it wouldn't have, there's no like sauciness in this film. Like It would have been scary and tense. Would have been just a little intense. bit weird. A and little a bit like bit. what's going on? What's the power dynamic? Yeah, you know, okay. What's, sick, yeah, anyway. sick. I'm into it. And you were right to feel a bit spooked about that because afterwards he incapacitates Jay with chloroform. What? After they have sex in the car. I know. It's 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 a bit like I know, I know. This is the thing about a spooker movie. It takes it takes your this expectations. Is, but like I what I find upsetting. Yeah, so okay. right, I'm happy with fighting. Peach, we're like five minutes into this movie. Demel's above the <laughs> evil demon from the hell dimension. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, all right, let's all band together and fight the evil demon from the hell dimension. Yeah. What I find upsetting, among a thousand other things, is when the the goodies, quote quote, when the humans fight each other. No, I don't like that. Well, that's upsetting. I think there's a lot you'll find upsetting about this oh. film. So anyway, so. She then wakes up tied to a wheelchair in the Packard plant. Now, apparently this is this is not like... It's just basically... It's like a giant car park lot. It's like an abandoned place. She wakes up and she's tied to a wheelchair. Hugh then explains that she will be pursued by an entity that only they can see and that it can take the appearance of any person. If it catches her, it will kill her and then pursue the previous person to have passed it on Hugh until it keeps killing people until it kills whoever started this this curse, right? After that, they see a naked woman walking toward them. Hugh then drives Jay home and flees. Now, what's scary about this? When we say walk towards them, this is one of those films where... This person that they can see, no one else can see, doesn't run, doesn't even walk fast. They sort of walk towards you with intent. Like, this is the footsteps, like, boom, 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 boom. And they might be on the other side of the room, but they're just walking towards you. Boom, boom, boom. And you might be like, cool, I'm going to run away. And you run away to your next thing. And you outrun them for a bit. But wait about a day, and then all of a sudden it's boom, boom. Oh. And they're still walking towards you. It's, it's unsettling. It's quite unsettling. That's excellent. 
good premise, right? Yeah, man. And now you say, see, one of the joys. So you asked me before, and you've asked me a couple of times what people enjoy about horror movies and you know scary movies in general. Clever premises. I think, man, I don't think it. I should really say this at this stage of the podcast, <laughs> but I think. I'm sort of enjoying being a bit spooked out. Well, that's the I'm thing. I'm sort of into it. It's like you've discovered. It's like just, when. Shh, just it, it's, sorry. It's like when I down. discovered. It's like when I discovered olives are actually delicious, and their weird, strong, salty taste is the thing people enjoy about them. Yeah. So when I go to Bell's Hot Chicken, because I'm a <laughs> tough guy, the spice level I order is really fucking hot. Oh, I find. That, I think that's too hot though. Oh. Like you're talking with Johnny Spooker. I sometimes get a hot sauce with a really fucking hot. Alright, okay. So there we go, we're in follows. So we're having where Hugh Hugh has driven Jay home. Yep. After giving her this curse. This sexually transmitted curse. And uh, I don't think that's a twist. I think it's pretty obvious that that's what's happened, right? Sorcely transmitted curse. So Jay's like, fuck this. I'm going to the cops. So she goes to the cops. The police can't find this naked woman or Hugh, who they realized was living under a false identity. (gasps) So she knew this guy's Hugh. His name's not Hugh. So it's like, well, how the fuck's she going to find this guy? Can I just interrupt? Mm -hmm. So... I'm Hugh. I'm trying to place as many sexual partners between me and it as I can. Am well, I, is that what I'm trying to do? Yes, but the only way to do that is you place it on somebody else and hope that they place it on someone else. Why do I not wingman the person I've just banged? <laughs> like, why am I not staying? Isn't that what I do? And I like, you know, Josie, having sex with you is fun, but I tell you what, John over here loves having sex. You should have sex with him. Then John has sex. I'm like, John, how fun is having sex, buddy? We should have sex with stacks. I, d- I just don't think after you've discovered this massive plot hole in the film, <laughs> I can't see how this is going to be scary. But anyway, Peach, can I continue? Oh, I think I would be fluffing. I saw the preview, buddy. Like, I'm scared. Let's right. do it. All right. So kind of kind of similar to... Uh, My to, wingman theory? No, to Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Even though... She's been given a curse by this guy, Hugh, who had a false identity and uh, had sex with her and then made a na- evil, scary woman walk towards her in the middle of a car- parking lot. Life goes on. <laughs> so she's back at school the next oh, day. She's like, Fuck, she's like well, times. That was a, just all part of growing up. <laughs> As, as Blink-182... <laughs> it's okay, fuck me, give me a curse about with a woman following me who's going to kill me and I'll smile. <laughs> and you'll wave, you'll walk slowly with intent across the room or wherever we are. Okay, anyway, 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 anyway. so, so, so. At school, Jay sees an old woman in a hospital gown walking towards her, but invisible to others, and doing that boom, boom, that walking with intent, right? It's spooky as hell. It's how the Kanye West song Jesus Walks opens up, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Jay's sister Kelly and her friends Paul and Yara agree to help and spend the night in Jay and Kelly's house. That night, someone smashes the kitchen window. Paul investigates, but obviously Paul doesn't have the curse, but he sees no one. 
Mm. Inside the house, Jay sees a disheveled, urinating, half-naked woman walking towards her and runs upstairs to the others who cannot see the entity. When a tall man, seemingly with no eyes, enters the bedroom, Jay right. flees the house. Her friends catch up to her at a nearby playground. So basically, Ugh. it's a very spooky scene. And, you know, I don't think the, the words there really do oh, it justice. I'm a bit upset, actually. It's a Real bit talk. fucked up, right? So what's spooky about this is she's got all these friends with her, which is a classic trope. It's like, why did they get their friends to help? She's got friends to help her. No one's going to help her. They can't see this curse. And this curse ain't stopping. So this is like... so. What does it do? Does the curse stay in one spot? Well, or let's what does see. the curse let's, do? Let's, let's find out, okay? Okay. It follows, buddy. So she's at this nearby playground where her friends catch up. With the help of their neighbour, Greg, the group discovers Hugh's real name, Jeff Redman, and trace him to his address. Jeff's mum answers the door, and Jay realises that the naked woman she had seen coming for her in the Packard plant was in the form of Mrs. Redman. Jeff explains that... <laughs> I know, right? It's weird, right? Okay. Jeff explains... Uh, yeah, in fact, yeah. There's uh, an element of sauciness I'm, to that. Yeah, all right, I'm let's curious, do it. I'm curious yeah, where this yeah, is going. Cool, cool. Jeff explains that the entity began pursuing him after a one-night stand and that Jay can pass it on by having sex with someone else. So we kind of knew that already. Or at least yeah, I revealed it way yeah, too early. But that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, so Greg drives Jay, Kelly, Yara and Paul to his family's lake house and teaches Jay to shoot a revolver. The entity arrives in the form of Yara and attacks Jay on the lakefront. Because remember, it can appear as any form. So before... Uh, this that, fo- like, that's pretty spooky. That is pretty Real spooky. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Jay's friends warded off by breaking a chair over its body and Jay shoots it in the head, but it recovers unharmed and attacks Jay again, taking the form of a boy who lives next door to Jay. Jay flees in Greg's car, crashes into a cornfield and wakes up in a hospital with a broken arm. All right. Yep. Yeah, man. Like, but I'm also into it. Like, well, yeah, let's, let's find out. So Greg at this point, who's, who doesn't believe the entity exists, has sex with Jay in the hospital. Days later, Jay sees the entity in the form of Greg walking towards Greg's house. So if you've you you can see that clearly you can see this entity, or at least if you've had the curse, you can see the entity. So she knows what's going on. She can see it walking towards Greg's house. Now you might think that's okay, but if it kills Greg, then it's after her. Yeah. And it'll change form and become something else. Yeah. Which so is hugely like, spooky. She's like, fuck that, let's kill it while in Greg form. Well, it smashes a window at Greg's house and enters. Jay tries to warn the real Greg by telephone, but he does not answer. She runs into the house and finds the entity in the form of Greg's half-naked mother knocking on his door before it jumps on Greg. Jay sees the entity grinding on a dead Greg, then Jay flees by car and spends the night outdoors. That's a pretty horrific image. Even in Wikipedia sentence format, Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. I'm upset. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so on a beach... Jay sees three young men oh, on the like beach. classic Wikipedia. <laughs> like yeah, how we so- miss a moment <laughs> in storytelling. <laughs> but, but, but on a beach. <laughs> yeah, but here's what's happened. So obviously Jay's like, what the fuck can I do? She sees three young men on a boat. She then undresses and walks into the water. Back home, Jay refuses Paul's offer of sex. Hang on. So yeah. So what I think's happened is she's gone into the water to the boat and maybe had sex with these dudes. Sick. Well done. And then she's gone back home. Paul's offered it to be like, hey, let me take this curse. She said no, because I think she's like, well, I've just given it to these dudes. And yeah, hopefully yeah. young dudes, they'll go and have sex with some yeah, other people. Let's bang some sailors. Let's, yeah. let's put some distance yeah. between me and the curse. 
The group plans to kill the entity by luring it into a swimming pool and dropping electrical devices into the water. Classic. Jay, waiting in the pool, spots the entity and realizes it has taken the appearance of her father. Instead of entering the pool, it throws the devices at her, which is a bit spooky, right? Because they're like, it'll jump in the pool with her. She'll get out. We'll drop the devices in and whatever. But it sees her in the pool and just starts throwing these devices into the pool at her. Oh, bloody Which hell. is pretty spooky. Firing at an invisible target, Paul accidentally wounds Yara but shoots the entity in the head, causing it to fall in the pool. As it pulls Jay underwater, Paul shoots it again and Jay escapes. Paul asks Jay if the entity is dead. Jay approaches the pool and sees it filling with blood. Jay and Paul have sex. Afterwards, what? Hang on. What? <laughs> no, because they're like, I don't know. Like, they've just, there's a curse in the world. Things don't matter. It's a free love. If we were watching the film, it would probably make sense. Sick. It's Works tough. Smooth. There's there's a few sentences missing here. Put on Wikipedia. It's tough. Presumably, they start by holding hands. I think in the novelization, it would. <laughs> They'd fill in some details. <laughs> anyway, so Jay and Paul have sex. Afterwards, Paul drives past prostitutes in a seedy part of town. Later, Jay and Paul walk down the street holding hands. A figure walks behind them. We don't know if this is just someone walking behind them or someone walking With towards them. Yes. So that's the end of the film. Great story, though. Simple premise. I think and it's a spooky gripping, premise. Eh? Great premise, because I love the idea that it's like... Once the curse is attached to you, there's no escaping it because you can hopefully pass it on to someone who will have sex with someone else, who will have sex with someone else and hopefully keep up running the curse. But at some point, the curse is going to catch up and make its way back to you. Also, the spooky thing that when it killed that one character, it was grinding on them. The fact that the curse has passed through sex, what's going on here? What happened initially to make this curse happen? Lots of unanswered, exciting questions to mull about with a movie like It Follows. One of the elements of Spooko films, we struggled with names, didn't we, a mm. little earlier? Well, why call them Spooko films? I think, that's, I, think, I think that's the treasure at the end of the rainbow page. That I think always upset me as a child and as an adult now is that you could never kill the bad guy. Is that no matter what happened in the film, no matter how hard you fought or the extent of the victory you enjoyed... The final moment would always be little baby Damien cricking his head around to be like, fucking by the way, Omen 2 coming. Don't worry, I'm still the devil. Like, or, you know, it's the blob. Don't worry, I saved a little bit of blob for blob 2 coming. Gonna kill all you guys. And so while I consider myself the final girl uh, in relation to Spooko film aversions, with thanks to you, Shag... There is an element that I feel you've probably still got a little bit of spooko left up your sleeve. I think we could watch a few more films, Pitch. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?